Hey guys, Coach Ben here, and you are listening to the Benchcast. And we are sitting here, we got small arm, leg strong, big ass knee, <laughs> biggest knees in the game. And we got Trey down from Texas. He's one of our team lifters. Uh, flew down what the other night. That's not. Yeah, he's here. We did a we just did a bench session. Um, so he's looking good. We went over a lot of stuff, a lot of takeaways. We got some video for you guys. We put up snippets on uh, Instagram as time goes on. But he did a great bench session. He's doing his first meet in a month from now, September seventh. Yep. I'm actually flying out there. Uh, him. And our other team member, Adam, are uh, doing USPA Gods of Iron, I think it's called. That's it. That's it. So this is actually your first meet. Yes, sir. And um, you haven't done any powerlifting before, any powerlifting events. No. I think a lot of people always reach out to me as well, and they've never done um, their first event. I get a lot of questions on, like, what to expect first meet and stuff. And uh, so I think it will be a good, good time to talk to you and kind of get – your thoughts going into it from your perspective because i i've been through it a while now so i i know the deal it's not foreign to me but it's always nice seeing like that that your perspective because i'm sure um you know you're there's a lot of things you're not sure what you're gonna run into and like some thoughts that are going in your head right now but before we get into that too much um why don't you first just share like how you uh started lifting in general uh, really, uh, just hung out with the right people at the time uh, that were lifting. Um, How long ago was that? That was about a year and a half ago. Okay, um, so, so recent. Just very recent. Um, these were guys that I hung out with, worked with, um, that that were I lifting. Got you into it. Yeah, that, that were lifting, and, you know, I wasn't doing anything anyway, so it started off kind of slow, come in and uh, hit it a little bit, and then um, and then before you knew it, I, I was doing it you know, four or five days a week. And then the next thing you know, it just become habit. And I was hooked at that point. So, um, what every, was that training like? Um, it was hard at first. I mean, cause I was so, you know, I wasn't used to it at all. So, uh, getting, uh, from not lifting for 15 years, um, to really hitting it hard. Um, it was pretty hard, uh, yeah. quite a bit sore. Yeah. Well, yeah. The first time you ever trained like the soreness. You get yeah. Training, so there's your squat day. You're done. Yeah. That's exactly how later, it went. hits you. You're yes. done for like a week. That's it. So um, that's yeah, how I got into it. That's the first time you started really lifting regularly? Mm-hmm. Yes, like sir. You played baseball, right? Yep, baseball player. But mm-hmm. didn't really train? No, no, not really. Uh, you know, at the time, you know, it was just kind of one of those deals where you just went out and played. There wasn't a – It wasn't uh, big probably then too, right? Um, You know, it was starting to get there with all the travel stuff for sure. Um, the, uh, the only thing is just, uh, you know, any type of baseball trainer will tell you that a tight muscle is a bad one in baseball. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, there wasn't, I mean, there wasn't heavy lifting. It was more just any yeah, type yeah. of volume at that time. Yeah, well, I can't even rotate my arms, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, powerlifting might not go hand in hand, but, um, yeah, it's definitely a different type of training for, for those sports in general. Uh, I know from that strength conditioning background, especially with baseball players, like MLB players, some of the guys that train them, they won't dare go near any, like, Olympic lifts because if you get one of those dudes injured, that's millions and millions of dollars, and your ass is out the door yeah, for sure. Your investment's ruined at so that like, point. Yeah. You're better off doing a box jump for power development or something mm-hmm. rather than trying to do a clean and jerk or something like that. So it's a very different style of training. Yeah. Um, but it is important, and uh, so that that's a whole different world. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm surprised you started lifting uh, not too long ago. Yeah, not long ago I, at all. I, um, I guess I was a little different route. I started very, very young. I guess because we had everything you see here 
and our gym was in my basement growing up. So, was, but I have to say I did not enjoy it. My dad was always <laughs> trying to drag me down to the basement with him. I was like, no. <laughs> but I got into it. Um, so first meets coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to kind of get into like what what's your feelings towards it right now from from your opinion. Uh, the, like what are you feeling? Probably a lot of nervousness. Yeah, I mean the nervousness is definitely there. Um, I mean that's getting better uh, every week. Just I mean. Uh, uh, you, the unknown is probably the scariest part. Uh, yeah. Not knowing what to expect, not knowing. Oh, you have uh, no clue what to expect. You haven't even like been to one to watch, mm-mm. right? No. So this ought to be. I mean, it ought to be interesting. Uh, so but, you're not even sure, like with flights and no temps and stuff. No, not at all. So, yeah, so. The, just the unknown. I mean, nervous still a little bit right now, but I mean, like I said, it's getting better. Um, starting to really work on command. So that was probably the one part where I was I was messing up the most. So um, you know, that's getting better. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big thing I tell everyone starting out. Uh, we did a whole podcast on like, what to expect your first meet. So that would actually be a good one. We go back in the archives and listen to that one. Yeah, for we sure. covered a lot. Um, but that was one of the big things is learn the commands early because starting out, you never really train with commands. And then you get there, and, and especially if you don't know what to expect, all of a sudden they're telling you to pause on your chest yeah. and stuff. Um, that's probably the biggest thing is you want to make that routine as quickly as possible. I know I lost my fair share of uh, lifts because of missed commands, and they always suck, like a rack on the bench or something. That's the worst one because you did the lift. like you, you You're just done. Hit a yeah. You're, you're done. Yeah. You're done. But then you, don't, you blow the rack command, they take it away from you. Yeah. Horrible feeling. Um, but, yeah, that's one of the biggest things you'll tell people is if you're doing your first meet, uh, make sure that you train with commands. And for those who don't know, squat, you have two. You got the squat command that they down signal you. Um, there's no up things, anything. You just hit depth and come up, and then they have a rack. Uh, bench is actually the biggest one that trips you up, and we were working on that today mm-hmm. with the rack call. That's, you know, like we said, the hardest one, missing the rack call. Um, you got the bench to start, press, and then rack at the end to actually put the bar back so you can't be quick to the rack. You actually got to hold it there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the deadlift is pretty simple. You go up, pick it up when you're ready. Yeah. But the trick is you got to wait for the down command. A lot of people beat that. Uh, or they actually let their hands off the bar. Uh, a lot of people in training will just throw the bar down. But you have to have your hands on the bar for your first, uh, you know, in the meet. So um, that's really important that you, you get the commands down. And uh, I know at first we had to kind of get you to, to sign up to take that leap of faith to, to oh, get yeah. the entry in. Oh, yeah, I avoided it for sure. Yeah. So, like, what what holds you back from signing up, just like we said, the unknown? Uh, I mean, that's for sure. The unknown is always right there. Um, I know a lot of people, they just don't feel ready. And that's, and that's exactly where I was. I mean, really, I mean, just the competitive nature in somebody doesn't – you don't really want to go and get smoked. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, being competitive, um, that was always in the back of my mind, you know, with being new and being new to the – uh, to that, to competing, I, I really just didn't want to go in there and just embarrass myself at all. Yeah. Um, and then talking to everybody, talking to you guys, and then some other, you know, some other powerlifters, you know, uh, you know, everybody's telling me that's not really what it's about, you know. So, you know, still competing, but it's more just, you know, I had a goal to compete you at the end of the year. Of so I'm just going to go and do the best I can and see what happens. Yeah, we did um, a goal setting sheet at the beginning of the year, um, which was fantastic. I had a lot of people do that and download from the site and you wanted to compete that was mm-hmm. a big thing for you and um you know a lot of times people think that they when they, they don't feel ready because they 
they're trying to put themselves up against others. Yeah. Maybe they see on Instagram or people they know, and they're like, I'm going to get my ass kicked at this thing. But, yeah. you know, from from talking on the last podcast we did about first meets, it's not really about that at all. Like, honestly, when you go to a local event like your first meet, you don't even know who you're competing with half the time. Because by now, there's so many watered-down divisions. We already talked about how many federations there are. But there's so many, like, divisions. They have uh, they have one police fire now. They have uh, different weight classes. They have um, there's all kinds of... Raw, uh, rare, yeah, wraps. Yeah, raw yeah. with wraps, raw without wraps. You know, so it gets so watered down that, honestly, unless you're at this big national event, you don't even know who you compete when, when you walk in there. They just have the flights listed. There's names. And... Um, so really, when you go do your meet, it's it's you versus you, just yeah. trying to hit the numbers. Like yeah. No one even knows who you're competing with. It's not like there's a leaderboard or something like that, which I think a lot of people have this misconception <laughs> that there's like this giant leaderboard, and if you're at the bottom, like it's like you're finishing last in a race, but no one even knows. And like everyone there is just family anyway, so they, they just want you to get off the stage so they can see whoever they're watching. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's a huge misconception, but... You know, once I, I'm sure once you heard that too, it's like feels yeah. a lot better. Um, but what I tell people is, you're never ready. You know, there's never this state of readiness that you have to be at to compete. Like literally, I've seen little kids get up there and do like 70 pound deadlifts or something. You know, but it's it's just you gotta enter it, get it done, do the first one, and then I tell you, you get hooked. That's that's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> yeah, you just get hooked on doing them. Um, so I want to share, like, my first time um, doing a meet. Let's go to Elvis first because he, he had a bad meet. We always, we always kind of <laughs> ran for it. My first meet sucked. <laughs> but <laughs> it, it was still enjoyable. Like, that's the thing. Like, I bombed out on my bench. I missed the recommend. It was the only bench press I actually completed, which well, is unfortunate. Well, did you know what was going on when you went in there? Oh, I knew what was going on. So you've been to meets before? Uh, was never at a meet before, but like I felt but like... you I, knew the routine? Yeah, I knew the routine. I knew the rules. <laughs> I had like friends who competed, so like they kind of filled me in on like what was going to go on, and I still missed the recommend. <laughs> yeah, and that's what happens. Yep. You know, there's many uh, athletes that I work with too, and I'll tell them, we got to do the commands, we got to do the commands, but then when it comes time to the meet, it's just not second nature yet, so... It just kind of slips your mind. It's just the but, excitement of everything kind of gets yeah. to you. Yeah. So it's oh, just, you're, you're in the zone. <laughs> you, yeah, you're. Yeah, it's very different to training, because that's like it's just you're on the platform. There's people watching. It's like this is go time, and then you get so wrapped up into what you're doing that like listening for a command is like the last thing on your mind. You kind of enter this zone where you just void it all out, and um, it's very easy to miss the commands for sure, but. Yeah, Elvis didn't have the greatest first meet, right? Well, you hit the openers? Uh, so I hit all my squats. I actually had a decent, like, attempt selection there. So I hit a PR, I hit all my squats and everything. Uh, for the bench, I missed my opener. I went up on my second because I just, I, you know, I just missed the command. I was like, whatever. And then I missed the rack command. Third one, I just failed. Oh, so you actually bombed out. Yeah, I actually bombed out. Oh, did you? Com- but you completed the the rest. No, no. I I thought when you oh, bombed you out, you just went in and bombed out. And said, and you left. <laughs> so oh, that really sucks. I thought when you bomb out, you have to leave. <laughs> I was like, they're not gonna let me pull today, so I just gotta go. Yeah, that's what you did. <laughs> yeah, I just you left went it. in there, squat and left. I went in there, I squatted, I benched, and then I was like, oh wow, I gotta go. Oh, down. the bench is where you bombed out. I bombed out on the oh, bench. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that sucks. That's a tough one to go to. The only thing I like is deadlifting, so I was very <laughs> upset. <laughs> That's a rough one. 
but you were still like anxious to get into your next one? Was I, it kind of like a bad taste in your mouth? There you was like prove yourself? there was like a two year period where I didn't compete. Oh, and you then just like f this thing. I was like f this thing, you know, whatever. I don't need to compete to do that. I ended up hitting like a bunch of deadlift PRs like that year too. So I was just like fired up, and then <clears throat> ended up getting knee surgery a little later on. I got an internship at a powerlifting gym, and then being in that environment again, it just like I need to compete again. So now oh, I'm yeah. back. I'm hooked. Yeah, yeah. You. Uh, what was your What was your last one? What was your last one that you were really pumped about? Really pumped about. I was actually really pumped about this last one in the summer, which didn't turn out very well either. Uh, but little, it wasn't your best. It, it wasn't way my, better than when you started. Exactly, it wasn't my best. But I told myself I didn't come here to bomb out, and I hey, you didn't bomb out. Didn't bomb out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's one thing I'll I'll tell lifters too is um, open really low. Everyone we get in the Q and A all the time. Like my first meet coming up, you know what's uh, what's your advice? And I always try to throw in, like, open really low because I can't stress the amount of times I see someone in the warm-up room and they're warming up with this weight they probably have no business warming up with. And uh, it's it's like their max, like their training max. And it's still 20 pounds under what they're opening with. Yeah, that's uh, crazy, too. Like, they will open low, but they'll still warm up to the max or something. But uh, I just hate seeing it. They're almost failing lifts in the back. And I just know it's not going to be a good day for them. And I'll try to tell them, like, hey, you got time to lower your opener you should do something like that um but yeah that's that i see that a lot and that's kind of a heartbreaker to see because i know it's going to be a bad day for them and the worst be a rough one. part is when someone doesn't perform well where they're nervous or anxious so they have to lower it lower than they even thought mm-hmm. but like once they get in the zone and everything then they can really just ramp it up yeah yeah the opener should always be something even like a horrible day if you had like a fever you're throwing up everywhere you can still complete the lift that would be a good opener. Something you can easily triple, something like that. That was a good rules of thumb. Um, but yeah, that's probably my biggest advice to someone starting out is keep the opener really low. Um, smoke the opener, and then you got your confidence back. Uh, I remember my first meet doing the squat. I was so jittery and nervous for the squat, and usually my nerves don't really affect my performance, but uh, we touched on this before my first meet. I didn't even warm up with the barbell. I just, because there was 13 people. I guess it was like a snowstorm the night before or something. Not a lot of people showed up. I don't think many signed up to begin with, but uh, it was 13 people. They were just kind of like, all right, we're still doing this thing. You know, we didn't get a great turnout, but um, I felt like I was kind of in people's ways. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't have anyone with me. And um, I'm just doing air squats in the back. That was ridiculous. I was just doing air squats. I thought I was ready. Uh, I think my opener was like 350 or something like that at the time. and uh, He crushed it. I actually did. I did crush <laughs> it. But uh, it was actually a really good meet. It was one of my better meets. But uh, <laughs> I got up. Normally my nerves don't like affect the performance. But I just remember I was shaky. It's the first time using a mono. I know we were talking about mono earlier. Mm-hmm. You weren't sure what that was yet either. A lot of people don't encounter what a mono is until their first meet. And uh, so I stood up. And it's so weird not walking anything back. Like, you just stand up and you're ready to go. And so that's what I did. But it just feels weird. And I was a little shaky. And I could actually feel myself, like, shaking around more than normal. I was just nervous. And then uh, yeah, I just dropped it like it was hot. And that was it. <laughs> <laughs> but it actually went really good. And, um, yeah, that was like, I didn't warm up on any of the barbells the whole time. I did uh, for, for bench. I took a band. Or I did some push-ups. That was my warm-up for that. But I went seven for nine net or eight for nine net meet. I went eight for nine net meet, um, and only missed my last deadlift. 
because deadlifts suck anyway. But uh, that was that was my first encounter. But I drove six hours. It's still one of the longest drives I took to a meet, um, and I had no idea what I was like running into. I kind of knew the routine, but I didn't know what the hell to expect. And you know, looking back, it was a horrible meet environment. Like it was silent. There was no music. You know, there's no one like cheering for you. Like you get a little bit of this, a little bit of claps after you complete a lift. <laughs> that was about it. But um, yeah, that was that was my thoughts going in. I was just nervous, and uh, I'm just glad I opened with the numbers I did because they were all very doable. At least I had that part. Because once you hit that first one, uh, you gain so much confidence, and then it's just like, all right, let's just do it now. You just gotta get the first one out of the way. That's yeah. the big thing. We got anything rolling in there, Elvis? No. Uh, if anyone's watching live, you can throw your questions down below, whatever it may be. 718 Roland said I should be able to rep your openers, and that's a pretty good Yeah, pretty rep good way the openers. Yeah, at least three. Make sure it's a solid triple. Uh, that's a good rule of thumb. So anyone watching that might be your first meter listening. Um, make sure you open, though. Best advice I can give you. Then you'll have a good day. Even if you miss it, take it again. That's the other thing, too. You miss your opener, take it again. First meet, that's my rule. That's my rule. If it's an advanced lifter, we, there may be a case where we jump up if you miss the opener, if it's technical or something. But first meet, you're taking the opener again. That's how that rolls. Um, so, yeah, that was kind of my first meet. But, I mean, you'll have your first meet story pretty soon. Yeah. And it should be good. You know, I'll be down there. So Yeah, it'll help. You being there, Adam being there, that, that's going to that's yeah. gonna help for sure. If you can have someone that's been there, done that at your first meet, then that's a huge lifesaver. It's, it's I wish I had so something big. like that. I wish the same thing. Oh, it's, it's, that's a huge thing. Um, so you're from Texas. Yep. Where in Texas are you from? Granbury. It's just it's uh, southwest of Fort Worth. I, so I, we were talking Texas. is like Texas and Ohio. That's like the place to be for lifting, in my opinion. Like, there's so many great gyms and lifters and uh, you know, like Ohio has, uh, you know, Rogue and Elite FTS, Westside. Texas got all those great, like, uh, Bench Daddies down there. Um, what? Oh, we got a question. Oh, we got a question? We got a question. What we got? He, From... he, he gave me the pointer. <laughs> <I was like>, <laughs> <laughs> From Walsh Lift Throws, for a second attempt in a meet, would you aim for something you can hit twice in training? Um, so if it's your first meet, yeah, I would probably try to aim to hit a PR on your third. So your second would therefore be something that you took a little under in training. Um, but normally as you advance, the second attempt will probably be around um, maybe a PR from training, if not a little under. Um, but it'll be probably right around that spot. Usually with full power lifters, uh, I try to make it so that the third attempt is their shot at a new PR. For the most part, but if training is going really well, usually it, it tends to be the second is a, is a meet PR or actual all-time PR. Um, but it really depends on the person with that one, how that lays out. Opener is always really low, but where you go from there, um, it really depends like where you are in your competitive career and like what your goals are, I guess, would be the best way to say that. The most important thing is to just get on the board and continue to meet. Yeah. So... Yeah, especially if it's your first one, I definitely recommend the second being a progressive step and your third being maybe an all-time PR. But you're going to want to finish uh, with a good, successful 8 for 9, 9 for 9 day because that's where you're going to get the best feeling from. Because everything you got to keep in mind, first meet, everything's a PR because you got to distinguish between meet PRs and training PRs, and that's very important. 
Um, meat PRs are a whole separate category, and you're always trying to improve those. Training PRs, no one gives a shit. <laughs> those don't count whatsoever. So you're always trying to push your meat PRs. So you want to make sure um, you're hitting good lifts there. Then from above average master, what's the best memory triggers for using leg drive in a competition? She's an older female with two meets on the board. Uh, so I don't really encourage thinking too much when you're in like that meat mode. Um, you know, it's like we were talking today, like we're trying, it's prep mode for, for Trey here. We only got like four or five more weeks. So we're going heavy today, but I don't really want him thinking. So it's like an oxymoron because I'm showing him all this stuff, but I don't want him thinking too much while he's lifting. And that's usually what I encourage for like getting in the meat environment. Don't think too much. Um, but the biggest advice I can say for the leg drive stuff is when you're setting up, that's the time when you can do most of your thinking, not when you have the bar in your hand and you're trying to perform. So for leg drive, get your set up and then apply the leg drive from the start and make sure kind of like, um, you know, like you're taking off in a plane, you got to go through all your systems check. Treat it like a systems check. All right, do I feel my glutes engaged? Do I feel like I'm pushing back? And then once that bar uh, comes out, it's just take off. You just got to execute. So uh, that's what I would say about that. And I would say just putting your all into your warm-ups because you just oh, need to reinforce big. it over and over again. That would be your time to practice is the warm-ups there. So from uh, cleans and beans, how many pounds to go over the PR for the last attempt? Do you use a percentage? Uh, I don't ever think of it in terms of percentages. Typically, um, depends how hard you went in training, I guess. I, with our athletes, I, I'll typically make it so that it's more of like a second attempt straight weight, and that'll be the big lift. I don't like the idea of maxing out before me. Um, I like the idea of a, a heavy moderate type single, so more like a second attempt. Uh, but if you have in your training done a balls out max attempt uh, in the meet, you're either going to hit that or you're going to hit like five pounds above it. It depends how long ago you did it. So if you maxed out like three weeks before your meet, you're not gaining strength before that. So you're probably just aiming to hit that number in a competition environment um, or just taking a five-pound jump, depending how that looked. So that's what I'd recommend there. And then from uh, Sinan Gippa, the importance of shoulder work um, in a three times a bench program for bench progress. Three times a week bench program. Frequency of shoulder work, three times benching. How Probably, important is the shoulder work? Oh, how important is the shoulder work? When you're benching three times a week already. Oh, uh, shoulder work, I would. I was going to say you probably should have at least something in there at least two times, uh, if not all three. Shoulders, we try not to press with our shoulders in the actual execution of the bench, but the role they play, in, mostly in terms of being able to lock your shoulder blade down, that's probably the most important thing, is that upper back control. Um, it actually plays a monster role. Like, you really got to have that control, like, to keep the technique all together. Um so you do have to have well-developed shoulders stability-wise. And then just from what I've seen, how the overhead press can positively affect your bench press, uh, I say that's something that you definitely should have in your training. If you don't do much overhead pressing, have some overhead pressing in your training because I've just seen a huge benefit there if you can overhead press a good amount. It translates very well to your benching. So that's what I recommend. If you're benching three times a week, at least have some shoulder work in there um, two times and what I like actually is uh, on maybe that third day or one of those days actually prioritize overhead press as the main movement um, so that you attack it when you're fresh right off the bat. 
right, that wrap up what we got right now. All right, so we'll go back um, from Texas, saying it's, it's great places to be for lifting. Um, you know what? What's it like where where you're around? I mean, when I think of Texas. My thoughts is it's hot as shit. <laughs> that it is. There's there's a lot of land. Like the houses aren't closed. It's nothing like New York right. where the houses are jammed together. A lot of land, hot as shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been told it's very flat. Um, yeah, I mean, there's. Um, I mean. There's hills. I mean, that's about that's, it. That's, I mean, there's some hills. I mean, there's nothing like up here. Danielle's but, lying to me. Uh, <laughs> that's, uh, uh, that's Adam's wife. She's also on our team, uh, Danielle. Um, she told me that it's very flat. I mean, if, Houston, I mean compared to compared to up here, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's flat. Uh, um, yeah, hot right now. It's brutal. Um, but, uh, What's it get up to? Uh, right now, I think when I checked yesterday, it was 102 with a heat index of 107. Wow, shit. So, yeah, it's up there. We had one weekend like that, and now like, people still say this is hot, but, like, I'm, I'm like, fresh and cool here now. <laughs> After experiencing that 100-degree weekend we had, it was rough. So. And, uh, yeah, our power went out during that time, too. So we didn't have <laughs> AC for a little bit. That was rough. But that, that sounds like Texas. That sounds that's, like what I expected. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. I haven't been down there, but I'm looking forward to that. Um and you say uh, travel for yeah. work? Travel for work. Uh, work um, two weeks, and then I'm off for two weeks. So um, That's an interesting setup. Yeah, I mean, the, the two weeks that I'm home, it's awesome. I mean, because it's just, uh, I can, you know, I, you know, with the family, it's just it's them. I don't have to go anywhere. I don't have to do yeah. anything. It's just strictly for the, for the family. And then, uh, Would you prefer that versus um, something where you're working a traditional five-day week? I don't know. Not sure. Yeah, not a. I'm not sure. I've done this so long. I don't. I wouldn't know if yeah. it. Yeah. Because I I know one guy. Um, he went out a boat, so he'd be gone three weeks, come back three weeks, mm-hmm. just a little bit longer variation of what you got going on. Right. And he liked that. That's uh, that's an interesting setup though, because you're gone for so long, mm-hmm. so that kind of sucks. But then, yeah. like when you're home, it's really nice. Yep. So I don't. Know, that's, I don't even know if I'd like that something. Like I that. think that two weeks is a sweet spot. Because three yeah. kind of sounds three, like a little too long. Yeah. yeah, three weeks does get long. Uh, yeah, for sure. We I've done that. Three weeks is, you know, I've seen where people do seven. Yeah, gone for a month. Yeah, for seven and seven. I've seen people do seven and seven and and, wow. and, uh, and 21, 21. And, uh, tw- that's just too long. Two weeks is about right where it needs to be. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say about two weeks is good. Mm-hmm. But that's a tough schedule. How do you balance um, training with something like that? Uh, you it, said you got a work gym. So, yeah, I got a work gym actually on site. That makes it easy because it's about five steps from uh, where I actually stay at. So that makes it nice. Um, the uh, I mean, the hardest part is just the, you know, the travel back and forth and trying to get it in on those days. And then, like, when if, if you're at work and you're, you are having trouble and you're pulling 16, 18-hour days and stuff like that, that makes it hard. But uh you just uh you how do you think go. the actual physical work um affects your training because we we talked to um leo when he we had him on uh and he's an older lifter but he's very he works um physical job during the day and in some rights we were saying how that could be a benefit mm. because you are on your feet you are physical you're not sitting down you're not having these type of mobility issues as much right. um, but then you have the other side of the coin which is you're doing all this work um, and now you have to go and train. Uh, I mean, luckily anymore, uh, I've been doing it so long that, that there's not a whole lot of physical aspects at the job site for me anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, 
the the hardest part is just really just the switching out um how we do it so like usually on the two weeks that i'm at work it's work a week of days or work a week of nights and then switch up to working days so trying to get used to the schedule turning it around from nights to days that can be really tough honestly i work out better when i work nights uh because it's basically just get up, shower, go to the go to the gym, and, and hit it, and then get ready for work. Uh, then when I'm on days when it's work all day, and then uh, and then go in there at night. So yeah, yeah, that's um, that's a tough setup. Flip flop, you say? Yeah. Days and nights. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's got to be tough for sleeping, huh? Yeah, it does. Suck. Yeah, there's no <laughs> doubt about it. That's yeah. like flipping your days and overnights or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's it, a tough one. It's terrible. But uh, what, um, well, what's your were you before um, very physical with it initially? Was it kind of oh, yeah, at the very beginning, yeah, yeah for very, sure. So, mm-hmm. I mean, thinking back to that time, how do you think that would affect your training? Oh, it would be hard. Yeah, it would be tough. There, yeah, it would be really tough. Yeah, because you probably have to tone down what's actually happening in a session if you have one of those types of jobs. For sure. Yeah, it, it would at the very beginning when I first started out, trying to, if I, if I was doing what I was doing now, it, it would be – It'd be it, it would be hard. You'd have to be mentally tough to just to get into the gym to do it. So. Yeah, we don't have uh, I'd say on the team right now a ton of lifters who actually have to go through that. Um, but that's where if you have a job like that and you're, it's very demanding during the day and you really need to prioritize your recovery, you know you're almost getting a train effect just from stuff you're doing. But at that point, it's like that's your accessory work. You think about it. You know, so yeah. when you go in the train, there's not a ton of point in spending a bunch of the time on accessory work if you have a job like that. Um, you know, cut back on that. Just get the main lifts in so you're actually training what needs to be trained. Uh, prioritize it around the barbell movements. And that's in a scenario where I would actually take some accessories away because if you're doing shit all day long anyway, you're well-developed kind of in that area. It's almost like strongman training. Mm-hmm. So if you're moving stuff all the time, moving boxes, whatever. Um so that is like your assessors, you think about it. Right. You know what I mean? So I mean, there's no point in doing more of it. You want to prioritize recovery at that point. Yeah. So for anyone that might be struggling with that type of thing, uh, keep it simple. Uh, keep the training really simple. Because, I mean, even I fall into the pattern of you want to make sure you hit all these different like muscle groups and mm-hmm. movement patterns and stuff like that. But sometimes it's just not necessary. And you really got to kind of weed through like what you actually need. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that, it's tough sometimes. Even in my own training, it's like, all right, so it's, it's bench day. All right, I want to hit triceps. I want to hit shoulders. I want to hit back. I want to hit, like, all these major things. Mm-hmm. But like, what do you actually need? You know what I mean? Because you're not going to spend time in the gym doing all these things and then trying to recover from right. them all. So it's, it's, that's the tough part of training. I always say it's like a, it's like a puzzle, and you got to just fit all the right pieces, and sometimes it just takes time. Sure. Like, uh, like a guy with Adam, like, uh, at first – we struggled like he made some progress on his bench but we struggled to kind of like get that progress we wanted and then as time went on i learned him more as a lifter and what he responded to uh, now he's just making crazy bench progress and i'm expecting him to hit like 420 and he came from like 375 or something like that so he's just been slowly progressing very nicely now uh, but it takes time to like fit all those puzzle pieces and that's why i tell everyone it's just it's having to draw on different things and just find those pieces and once something clicks, it clicks. You're right. You know, but you kind of got to find that perfect storm there. Um, so you've been trying to um, lose a little bit of weight lately. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of want to talk on uh, the nutrition aspects a little bit because um, that's a big thing now. I, I don't know. For, 
I it drives me nuts at the gym because everyone's trying to lose weight, <laughs> and I'm just trying to push get weight, gain, uh, gain weight, gain weight, and even in my own training, right. I just want to get big, and that was like when I was growing up in the sport and people I were around was always we're trying to get big, mm-hmm. it was never lose weight. <laughs> right. So now it's like total flip flop. Like the people I surround my with, it's all about like lose weight, lose weight, um, and. Man, that's <laughs> tough for me mentally trying to gain weight. But how's how's that been going? Um, and like, what's what was your nutritional approach? I guess, well, you know, like it, you know, with uh, being in prep, like we are right now, trying to you know get ready for for the actual competition. It's just been uh, honestly, it's uh, it, trying to focus on actually the actual workouts, and then go from that to eating right to doing some part of the cardio, and then. The nervousness about the competition, I, I don't think I was making, you know, the progress that I needed to to be focused for the competition for sure. So, you know, like we had talked earlier, it kind of changed up a little bit. And uh, still eat right, still eat clean, you know, but, you know, for, stop weighing for a little while where I can actually focus on the on the – on working out, on the competition, on the commands, and be ready for that. Because I, to, as of right now, trying to do all that and, and plus work and everyday life, it was getting to where I was getting frustrated because I wasn't making the progress with the dining like I should um, or like I've done in the past. So we've kind of, like I said, pushed, kind of put that on the back burner, still eat clean, you know, still hit cardio a little bit, but really just focus on the lifts. And, um, you know, going back to doing your first meet, Another huge aspect everyone feels like they need to do is be in a certain weight class. Um, so, for example, someone might weigh 205. So they're like, why would I compete with 220s if I'm 205? Why don't I just cut to 198? So everyone wants to do this weight cut for the first meet to make a weight class. But at the end of the day, again, you don't even know who you compete with. No one even might show up at 220. You know what I mean? So it's not anything about the weight class. And, and everyone wants to cut this weight for the first meet. Um, this is something I get asked a lot like should I drop weight for this meet or and I'm always like unless it's something that you're qualifying for some bigger meet that you're trying to do or you're trying to hit like a really big top ranking which not many people are are even capable of doing um, then don't worry about the weight class that you're coming Mm -hmm. in at because at the end of the day I mean what's it really matter you're gonna remember the numbers you hit not the weight you hit them right you know, no one's like, oh, these are my 198 numbers. <laughs> they don't tell you all the less numbers. No one wants to do that. So at the end of the day, it's just go in. Like, no one gives a shit about the weight class, really. Um, you know, some people have these real adamant personal goals at it, but that's after you've been competing a while. Yeah. You know, if you've already been around the mill for a while, it's nice to have different weight class uh, PRs and stuff. But at first, it's just like, just do it. Just do it. And that's another big thing I recommend to everyone starting out. It's just... Just do your first meet at whatever weight you are. Because anytime you start cutting weight, especially close to meat, like you were just talking about it now, it's very hard because you have to have enough nutrients to recover and, and hit these big weights and, and make the progress you want training um, that when you start dieting, it's very hard to keep that up. You have to be so pinpoint with dieting um, versus if you're trying to gain weight. Like there's a good way to gain weight too. And it's mm-hmm. you know, it's not just eat a bunch of shit and get fat. I'm trying to take that route though because it seems like I can't eat enough. Um, but it's much harder, I think, in my opinion, to diet while staying strong than it is to make that progress while eating a bunch. You know what I mean? 
So that's what I always recommend. I get that a lot. So that's a good thing to touch on here. Um, if anyone's listening, especially if you're doing your, your first meet, um, just drop a comment down below or a question. We're kind of talking over uh, first meet stuff here. So, um, again, Trey's competing in just one month. So a lot of excitement, a lot of nervousness. But it's going to be a good time regardless. Um, you never met Adam before. Mm-mm. So that would be cool. He's uh, He's been lifting for a long time, been competing for a long time, actually, too. Took a break in between for some time. Uh, I would love to get him on a podcast uh, eventually as well. And I wish that he had the opportunity to meet Zach. He came down here. Remember that? Yeah, was, Zach was a good dude. Yeah, that was last summer. Around this time, too, he came down here. We did some benching and whatnot. And... Um, he lifts equipped in the bench shirt, and um, yeah, we had a great session and stuff. And he was gonna uh, potentially do that meet too. He was gonna try to mm-hmm. get all you guys to do that meet, but uh, he's actually has another kid uh, around the corner that's gonna be born like that week. So he was like, "Yeah, better not. Better stay close. <laughs> yeah, because it might pop out during the meet. Who knows?" <laughs> um, but he's up to four kids now. It's wild. It's one. You got a few yourself, right? Yeah, two. Yep. Got a 15-year-old boy and a 12-year-old girl. Yeah, and, um, you know, I know um, the boy Reese there, right? Yep. He was really into baseball now and stuff, and he had his injury, right? Yep. Uh, I think uh, we're four months in. He tore his ACL and his meniscus. And How's he, he handling that? He's doing okay now? Yeah, he's getting there. Recovery's going good. Uh, the therapy's going good. His, his attitude's a lot better uh, than what it was at the beginning, of course. But uh, So he's he's – He's making strides for sure. Uh, first time that uh, injury like that happens, like initial shock, like you just you're real pissed off. It's like you there's not much you're learning all these things you can't do, uh, and then it's like making that mind shift, mm-hmm. uh, mind set shift to what can I do to continue to progress and mm-hmm. get back to where I want to be. Yep. Um, luckily, personally, I've never suffered any major injuries like that. Um, no torn anything you know broken bones i always you probably had some stuff right yeah i just had a couple broken bones i had a meniscus there too mm-hmm. so that i got surgery for i, I that was with your knee right you yeah looking you had that yeah that, that, you approach that mentally mentally it's like uh because meniscus surgery is you know straightforward you're like back walking dead in like a week mm-hmm. it's just um the worst part i had was already broken ankle and because i broke my ankle and i broke my wrist in the same practice Whoa. so i was just kind of I was mad. I was upset. I was like, mm-hmm. okay, great. So I'm going to miss the whole season, pretty much. I can't do anything I want to do. And so it's like trying to make that mental shift. It's like, what can I do now to recover, to like grow, just focusing on other things besides physical. Mm-hmm. And then like it, when, it, when I would have like just one body part injured, like just an ankle sprain or something, then it's like focusing on what I can do at the gym, gotcha. so I can improve. It's like, oh, I can't deadlift, but I can really push my bench mm-hmm. now. Just get some more frequency right. in. So. It's uh, it's rough, but like at, at least it's like a well documented thing. Like ACL tears, unfortunately, they're decently common. So there's a really good recovery path. Right. So. Yeah, the hardest part really was just it wasn't right after the surgery because he knows he can't do anything at that point. Mm-hmm. It's about where we are right now because yeah. now he feels good. Now he wants to move. Now he wants to run. He wants to do all this stuff, and he's not released to do it. That's the hardest part. It, it, it's yeah. so. That's what I've heard too from like like uh, ligament and tendon tears. Mm-hmm. It's like. You're good to go, like you feel great, and you're still three months, six months yep. out from being a hundred percent. Like push it to that level. You want exactly. To push it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it's uh, it's crazy how those things happen too. I don't know how his occur, but like I remember, for example, what was it Julian Edelman on the Pats last year? Yeah, some preseason, or he's just making a cut, and then he just gives out like no one touched him. Yep. he's just making a cut. ACL tears, like they're terrible because most of the time they're non-contact. You don't see it coming. Really. It's, uh, exa- yep. it's exactly how it happened. No, yep. Non-contact was uh, actually the reason he was playing baseball and had uh, spikes on and was on turf and uh, oh, got caught, up, got caught up and couldn't couldn't pull it out. And that's uh, that's how it happened. Was that metal spikes? Yep. You always hear the argument like, should you have metal spikes because that type of thing can occur, but plastic spikes suck. <laughs> I can tell you that uh, when he does get released and he gets into the baseball season, it'll be turf shoes on turf and maybe some spikes and on on dirt and grass. So yeah, yeah. Should you wear different shoes for that? that I mean, that I would I would I didn't think so at all. Honestly, I, um, I mean, I, I kind of believe in it now for sure. Yeah. You know, so uh, and just kind of talking to uh, some other professional baseball players that Reese works out with every once in a while. You know, they're like, you know. Uh, take them spikes off for turf and wear turf shoes. It's yeah, not going to hurt that's interesting. I never knew there was a difference between the two there. Yeah, this is news to me too. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, it, it's unfortunate anytime it happens. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we learned a lesson for sure. Yeah. But how's he doing otherwise with, uh, with baseball? Everything going good? Going, into that. Yeah, he's going going good. Uh, you know, like right now he goes in, uh, you know, of course – uh, two days start in Texas. You know, um, they started Monday, so he goes up there. Even like though he's not practice. Yep. Yeah, so he's not allowed to play, but he goes up there. He, you know, the camaraderie part of it, he likes. So uh, he's up there right now. Still works out with uh, a couple guys in, uh, around the Hearst area. Yeah, he's getting. I mean, it's all you know therapy and stuff like that. So he's getting better, getting stronger. Mind seems right. So uh, um, yeah, that's that's awesome. They starting early because um, we'll get high schoolers in the gym and. I was uh, helping out at a weight room back home before I moved out here and whatnot. And, um, it's just nice seeing the kids getting after. Like, we didn't have that weight room. Same high school I grew up in, mm-hmm. but we didn't have weight room at the time. They actually expanded a new high school. And it's just cool seeing all the kids in there. And I was helping out and telling them how, like, awesome this opportunity is to actually yeah. train at the school. And it's not, like, a mandatory thing. Like, coaches don't make them do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm telling them all, like, you should bring more of the guys in and, and we should, you know, get after sure. that. Because that's something that I wish that I had back then. Because, you know, see, everyone, like, so even if you're talented, all these guys that are around the same talent, too, like, they're training. So if you want to continue to play at a high level for a long time, like, you're forced to train nowadays. Yeah. Because all these other guys are going to catch up to you. Yeah. So that's something I just wish I had, and I always tell everyone like take the training seriously at For that sure. young age. So that's almost really big reason why I wanted to get into strength conditioning in mm-hmm. the first place, and you know pursue that career. Right. Because um, I love playing. It was it was good times back then. Mm-hmm. That was good memories. I just love playing. Uh, I remember when I stopped playing. There's a spring comes around, and then you're like shit. Like you really get the bug. But then uh, it, was, it was three, uh, I don't know if you were around there, but it was like two years ago I started playing again. Did I know you back then? No. I don't even know. I started, I, I thought it would be a good idea to see what I got left. So <laughs> even though I'm like this big powerlifting guy now, and um, I, I got, these guys are like hardcore. Like they're all, they played at a high level, and now, mm-hmm. you know, for whatever reason, they're not, they're just men's league type thing, but they're, it's hardball, and um, they're taking it serious. There's some really good dudes. And I started off first first game or so. I, I did decent. I had a good double and whatnot. But um, 
man, it, it caught up to me quick. Like, and then it gets, <laughs> it's crazy how, like, mentally you can really screw yourself. I got to the point where I was, I would be fine making throws, whatever. But then I got to the point where I'm thinking so much about it and trying not to screw mm-hmm. up that I'm overthrowing the second baseman going around the horn. <laughs> and I'm like, I think it's time. It's, <laughs> the rest of the season was very unenjoyable. But, yeah, that was, uh, I'm, I've got that taste out of my mouth. But um, you said you've been to, what, 12 MLB stadiums now? Yeah, I'm getting up there. Yeah, I just went to PNC, I guess, two weeks ago. So uh, debating whether or not I want to go to City Field today. So Yeah, I'll tell you, it's a good one. It's a good one over there. That's a really nice place. And then they're going to take out the auto bodies, hopefully make it all nice, get some, some bars, hotels, whatever mm-hmm. out there. Um, but, yeah, they got a, they got a great setup. And uh, I've been to Yankee Stadium once, too. Uh, don't want to go again. <laughs> I'm not a Yankees guy. I got three teams, Red Sox, I'll root for the Mets, and then whoever's up against the Yankees. That's right. <laughs> From uh, Sam Pence, have you ever tried an overkill shirt? Overkill shirt. Um, I can't say that I have. Um, I've seen them. I've worn it without actually benching. Um, but I have not used one, so I can't really comment on those. Um but they look interesting. I've seen people get a lot of success in them. I don't know how different it is from like an SDP. Um, I imagine it's very close to the, to the same thing. The material feels almost similar. So uh, yeah, I can't really comment too much on that one. I would like to get in one though. That'd be something. I also want to get in a, uh, a uh, Evil Twin, Titan Evil Twin. That'd be, that'd be fun, trying out the, the new equipment. You don't know that side of things, Mm-mm. but um, it, it's fun trying out new stuff. And, um, you know, there's just so much more that goes into the quit lifting because raw, it's like you know where your strength level's at, so you go in as long as you kind of hit the technique good. Right. Like, you know what you're going to do for the day. But with equipment, it's like so many variables. I mean, if something's too tight here or there or whatever it may be, like you're completely off. You know what I mean? It's just so many more variables, which is why I don't even want to bother with raw training. Or raw uh, competing again. It's just too fun to do stuff equipped. But uh, if anyone's got any more questions before we head out, we're about to wrap this up. So drop them down below. I would like to add one thing about any meat experience. I have never been more sore the day after than after meats. Really? It's, it's just yeah, you'll get wrecked. Like so, this past meet, I went um, four for nine. I was like, you know, I just said openers. I'm probably going to be fine tomorrow. I'm going to probably be in the gym training. I was wrecked. I have no idea where it came why, from. Why is that? I, I think it's part of it. It's because it's an all-out effort. But on top of that, you have the nerves. You have the anxiousness and everything. You. So you, you don't, you almost never feel a day of the meet. But just after, because also you never train three lifts in the same day. Gotcha. It's just, it's one of those things. Yeah, you're bringing an all-out effort probably even stimulated above what you would do in training Mm -hmm. because you're in that environment and you know you think about opener is not a ton but like you are performing these huge max effort lifts and you got nine of them and all the warm-ups that are included in that has a lot of volume and it's all similar patterns like you wouldn't think to squat and deadlift the same day usually yeah right that one would make sense to be like the same things but you're doing that plus benching so you're gonna feel it the next day for sure um, so you got that to look forward to. <laughs> All right. Yeah, and then you take the soreness you feel there, multiply it by two for equipment. 
and you're really <laughs> wrecked. I'm a, it's never been worse than um, the one the meet I qualified for the Arnold the next day. I barely slept too, and the next day I remember coming in the gym on a Sunday morning, and for some reason I was just out of it. Like I just felt beat up. Like my mind just <laughs> I'm just staring off into the distance for no reason. I just was so out of it. I couldn't believe it. I was just wrecked. But yeah, you got that look forward to. You got anything rolling in? Nope. Think that's uh, right about it. All right. So we're gonna wrap it up. I want to thank you for, for yeah. joining us. Thank y'all. I appreciate it today. Appreciate thank y'all. So um, yeah, this will be another great one to listen to if you're doing your first meet. But anyone listening and wants to delve in deeper into like what to expect for the meet, you can mm-hmm. listen to that podcast on iTunes, wherever else you can find podcasts. And um, it was like first title, first meet thing. Yep, first meet experience. Yeah, first meet experience. We, we delved into the details, so that's a great one. If you're starting out and you're not sure if you're ready, that's the one to listen to. Oh, if guys. it goes better, if it goes worse than my first meet, DM me because I want to hear it. Well, you'd have to bomb <laughs> on squat. So <laughs> it was very possible. So if you want to beat Elvis, bomb on squat. <laughs> You can you can still finish. Hurt yourself on the first yeah. Still split. finish. You can still, finish. still finish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah don't go home. Don't go home. Sometimes, sometimes they don't let you. Yeah, I bomb out rule. Hundred percent thought. I had to leave. Well, I think if it was RPS, they have the bomb out rule for okay. those large meets. So I don't think you could have. Perfect. So you were right. It was hot as shit that day. So yeah, you did right. You're good. Yeah, you, right. yeah, you couldn't compete anyway. They tell you to leave. <laughs> so you left without <laughs> without the embarrassment of it. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. It's been. The bench can.